Well, I'm not a millennial. They know nothing about Office 365. After a good single malt, you sound like one. What can I get you guys? Oh, the usual podcast whiskey, something unique. This is a well-stacked bar. We've got a lot to cover, Steve, so let's pace ourselves. Or an extra whiskey tonight for all those cloud technology heroes. That's just an excuse. We are the heroes. What are you talking about? Our podcast, Office 365 Distilled. Hey, Moraine, episode 50 freaking seven. Yep. Which is one more than our last episode, episode 56. Hey, yeah, wouldn't it be really bizarre <laughs> if it was two more than our last episode? Well, why, why do we just, why, why do we even, even number these? I mean, can't we just name the next one episode? One million five hundred thousand twenty-six. That's a little bit like our our new Whiskey at Ease YouTube video that we're about to release, where we go through the impression of doing episode seven hundred and twenty-three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but here we go. So, what is in the name? Exactly. Exactly. No, 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 no. This is a good topic. This is a good topic from the script already. Yes, naming conventions. Ooh. All right. Let's remember that when we start talking about our subject, because people need to know that we tried to record this yesterday and stalled. Mainly because of an overload of whiskey that we needed to test out. (laughs) Well, that's not really getting in the way because we often drink and then we then we record and then we pretend that we're still sober and people don't know the difference generally. But we said that we wanted people to tell us some, give us some feedback because we were trying to work out kind of where to go. And it comes back to the numbers a little bit. Yeah, we've got number episode 60 coming up in a few time. And so we're thinking of, uh, you know, we're having a new theme tune created and you are the bits and bobs. But we also talked about, you know, our audiences and everything else. And the fact that even though we ask people to tell us what they think on Twitter, we get a resounding silence so we thought we'd make it easy for even the dumbest of listener am i allowed to call them dumb (laughs) doesn't sound like a good idea but anyway go ahead okay so anyway so guys listen we need you to get your phone out and we want you to hashtag now your biggest complaint about office 365 because we can't work out whether it's too long too short whether it's not techie enough, techie enough, whether it's not funny enough, funny enough, whether blah, 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 crap, crap, crap. Okay. So we're going to make it easy for you. So going to give you a few seconds to get your phone. Okay, reach, cool. reach down with your hand in your pocket of your pants and but grab it firmly. My phone is not in my pocket. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> That's not my phone. Let go. <laughs> um, Anyway, so you've got your phone, which is good. All right, change to your uh, Twitter account and obviously do at Office 365 Distilled so it comes to us. And there's Obviously. Obviously. Um, and then we've got four hashtags and we want you to give us one of them, which is your biggest complaint. Okay, so is it hashtag too long? That's what she said. 
I'm going to see whether you can go for the rest of them now. Okay, so let's see. So, so is it hashtag too long? And that means that means that we're talking too long. We know that the last few episodes have been well over an hour. Uh, maybe you think that's just too long to listen to our sweet voices. Is it hashtag subject overload? No funny comment this time, Moraine. It's a bit more difficult, isn't it, when it's not so obvious like long. Anyway, so hashtag subject overload was really about whether we're jumping around too much. You know, we enjoy moving from subject to subject, but maybe you guys don't. We, um, we never do. Oh, look, there's a bunny. Oh. <laughs> it's jumping. Um, <laughs> hashtag not funny enough. Hey, do you want us to be worse than we are now? Because believe me, and hashtag it depends on dot, dot, dot. And you can then obviously fill out whatever it is. So just to recap, because I'm going to move on quite quickly, which is your biggest complaint or the thing that you would change about Office 365? Distilled. You forgot Distilled. To, yeah, you forgot to mention that earlier as well. What we need you to do is tell us what is your biggest complaint on Office 365 Distilled on our podcast. Give us some feedback. We really would appreciate it. So then we've got to talk about names. So what is in a name that went from spaces, that went to mocha, that went to boards? That is, is, that, is that a trick question? <laughs> well, you were saying what's in a name. Why do we call our, our episodes 57? Mm, because mm, mm, mm. there's a reason and there's a logical order, you know, but it could be called drunk. Episodes drunk. No, that wouldn't work. No, that would be drunk 57 then, I guess. Or uh, anyway. episode sober, but that would just be a lie. So <laughs> No, okay. Well, back back focus focus on content. Let's go back. Let's go back. Okay. So, uh around this time last year, I guess. Was, or, I thought, no, this was Or even 2 years ago. ago. When it was leaked, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We found out via catwalks or, or whatever that if you would change your url from outlook to something else that you would see this new nitty feature that people were thinking that was built by some of a some intern and that would allow you to create your own personal canvas, whiteboard canvas, canvas. Yeah. yes exactly and that was called outlook spaces and at some point, Which Microsoft, Microsoft even... doesn't exist. No, it's not real. We're not really working on anything. But then it became micro Project Mocha. Yeah, so we think it became Project Mocha. Yes, and then then it suddenly was talked about by Microsoft, and they were well, not that much. I mean, I, I haven't seen any any Ignite sessions around it, for example. No, that's true. There wasn't so, any. No, uh, we there, we we talked, we talked about that on the. Uh, podcast that there were no mentions of Project Mocha at Ignite. Correct. Mockerless. It was mockerless. It was flavorless. Yes. It, it was going commando. <laughs> it was the other kind of brown. Can you imagine oh, no. the presenters at Ignite going, hey, and tonight we're going to go commando. That was, yeah, okay. Sorry. No, it if was. Marine doesn't laugh. We know it's not funny. Yeah. Anyway, so, and now it's called? And now it's called Outlook Boards. And it's due at a tenant early release near you sometime exactly. in the next 14 days. Yeah. And that also brings me to 
one of my biggest complaints around Office 365 is... You? No, no, you complaining? Again? Oh, damn. Yeah, I hate the fact that we have to say it's between today or tomorrow and 14 days. You will suddenly see something appearing in your tenant. I do know the real reason why it takes a while to roll this out. Tell me. Well, it's the Dublin Pixies. I mean, they they can't run quick enough between servers when they're swapping those disks around as they're loading the program from one tenant to the next. And it just takes time. We need more pixie dust. Yeah. Yeah, dear Jeff, please employ <laughs> more Dublin Pixies so that these applications can arrive on one day that we all know. Exactly. As it, communicated. It doesn't seem difficult, really, does it? I mean, I'm, I'm fairly sure there's loads of technology we don't understand about, but you would think that they could kind of say, all right, we're going to preload this program, which has got an auto start for 1st of May. And we know we need five weeks to, to load, roll it all out. So we roll it all out and then, oh, look, it's the 1st of May and boom, the application is available. Exactly. Oh, well. So that means that we wouldn't get it early. No, well, you could still roll it out to your release, uh, early release uh, accounts yeah, first. So. Is it that important? Yes, it is. Not not for everything, but for example, now now we've got the SharePoint app bar rolling out. So that left menu that will give you all your sites and news and stuff like that. And yeah, I've I've seen so many tweets online about from people saying, "Oh yeah, I've got it. Oh, I don't have it yet. Oh yeah, but it will come soon. Yeah, well maybe." And oh. so it would be just cool if everybody got it on Monday nine o'clock somewhere in the world that would just be cool okay all right well there you go that would just be cool but it's not it's going to turn up sometime around the third week of april for uh, first releases because i guess the first releases tend to be shorter date because there's less offers i suppose hmm. uh, but general availability is not for another six weeks after that i think it's sort of uh, end of may time uh, but anyway, yes, it's on its way. And it, I have to say, it is pretty cool. It's got some cool features. It's like most things in Office 365. The the MVP is kind of, okay, it works. But the real magic is in the details. So, you know, uh, office spaces or boards or whatever the freaking thing's called, you can drag your calendar in. Yeah, I can see the calendar. Oh, and I can put my um, uh, emails in that I flagged, my flagged emails. I can put in my tasks. I can do things. But then you get cool. I can drag a task from my taskbar into my calendar so that it's got a time slot so I can complete it. And that's the cool bit, you know, or one of the cool bits. So there's a lot of stuff coming out for it, I'm sure. Um, but at this point in time, but it is here at last, 18 months after it was leaked or hidden or found or whatever. And uh, so, yes, the, your new news of the day. You do know why it takes us so long to do these podcasts, don't you? Because we do rabbit on a bit. Yeah, we jump from topic to topic as well. <laughs> no. Well, there you go. If you don't like it, hashtag subject overload. Exactly. There's some more new stuff that's uh, coming out, and I actually don't know the date of this, but it, it's, uh, it's, it's fairly soon, is the new automatic scheduler that is going to arrive for Outlook, where uh, Miss Cortana 
um, uh, the uh, daughter of Miss Graff, um, is actually uh, going to look at finding the most suitable date for you and tell you whether um, over and above whether it's just a free slot. So it's basically going to look at all your calendars and it's going to say, actually, the nearest date is tomorrow afternoon at two o'clock. But the only person that can't actually get to that meeting is you. And looking at the meeting that you do have, it's only a stupid coffee meeting with Jenny from down the hall that you do every week. So potentially this meeting is more important than your coffee meeting. What do you want to do about it? So you go, all right, I will take that slot. And then instantly it comes up and said, okay, what would you like to do now about Jenny's coffee meeting? Would you like to reschedule it? Yeah, I'd like to reschedule it, please. Boom, done. And I'm thinking that's a really smart wizard, you know, bit of AI stuff, bit of trying to work out the priority and importance of the meetings that you have available. And then basically saying, these are the choices you have. Boom. Yeah, we, we saw that on the release video of the uh, Microsoft Duo, that, that foldable uh, cell phone. Oh. Uh, and you let me carry on like that as if it was something I'd just seen. Of course, because you, for the people that haven't seen that video, I mean, this is just brilliant. This is just what it is. It's actually giving you like, okay, I need to set up a meeting with this and this and this person. Okay, cool. So that's uh, that might be a good time. And it will just do all of those things. And in the video, it was all by voice as well. So will will this yeah. be by voice as well or will this yes, it be was. Cortana, by email? Cortana ears turn on again yeah so there's uh there's a bunch of stuff around that oh that is so. dead cool i've been i've i really wanted to talk to someone for so long about my meetings well it just saves you talking to the cat i suppose yeah i get that so no so, I, so I what happened to the duo cool. what happened to the duo is it still around i've not seen anybody yes. with one yet and i've yes. not seen any version twos or anything i've kind of stayed away from it well, uh, uh, I read somewhere, I think on The Verge, which is one of those uh, websites that you can use for uh, uh, IT or technology-related yeah. news. Day. <laughs> this is IT Conspiracy Theories website. Yeah, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So they, they did mention uh, that Microsoft was working on a version 2 with improved camera, with, with 5G functionality uh, as well. A real um, phone. And I have to say, a few weeks ago, it was... Uh, Albert Jan Schotts uh, birthday, who is a, an, a fellow MVP working at Portiva in the Netherlands. Um, and his father is also a big uh, Microsoft freak. And his father bought him a Microsoft Duo for his birthday. And he's been showing it off on, on, on Facebook. And I've been so freaking envious about it and trying not to show it. But uh, it yeah, looks, you it looks very cool. You missed the point. I, I mean, I tell you, I keep telling my mother she married the wrong father, but you know that's fine. Uh, I obviously <laughs> can't be helped. All right. No. So, what else do we want to get onto? All right. Uh, any other news? Uh, no, you, you. How did your speech go today? How did your presentation go? Good, good. It was one of my sessions that I do together with uh, Corina Linz, and we were at the uh, Teams uh, Day number three. Uh, which was a really cool event. We had 35 people in our session um, and we were talking about 
how to use uh, Teams as a platform to onboard other applications. So if you want to onboard, let's say, a new timesheet application or whatever, um, you could really use the power of Teams uh, to help people onboard because you can use Teams to uh, let people communicate or you can just yeah, use the, 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 the back-end SharePoint site to host files, to yeah, videos, how-to uh, stuff, manuals. And program them and throw a bit of workflow in. To yeah, make sure exactly. Done. Exactly. That's yes, neat, neat, neat. Yeah. All right, cool. So, do we want to get on to the questions of the day? Yes, because we want to, to talk about how to. When somebody new is coming into your organization and that person is going to be collaborating with other people and they haven't been around a tool like SharePoint or Teams before, how would you go ahead and teach them? Yeah, I don't think it's just the new people. I mean, it's a great example, but I also think it's you know part of the adoption and migration process that kind of says, all right, so you've got an hour in front of these people. You know, what would you pull out of the hat and say, hey, you know, this is the num- these are the three things, dear sir, that you would need to do that would enhance your ability to brainstorm and brainstorm remotely nowadays, of course. And the fact that everybody, I don't think anybody, but everybody is now talking about hybrid working. Um so, you know, it is a skill that we need to do. So, yeah, I, I kind of threw the question in and said, all right, there are so many ways of collaborating. Which are the ones that you would put in terms of priority order? So yep. uh, I have my list. Do you have your list? Uh, I do, because actually oh. well, I'm, I'm now working for a, a customer, a big university in the Netherlands. Um, and they're using uh, every faculty has their own decentralized um, uh, administrators. And we just got a new administrator uh, who hasn't worked with SharePoint or any of those modern collaboration tools before. So it was my job to give that person a, a good intro into Office 365. And so before we get into our list, I was considering what is the most important part of the of a collaboration tool so you know if i look at it is it um is it how much how feature rich it is is it the level of collaboration you can do i.e voice and video and word is it the simplicity of it is it how quick you can set something up i mean we're working remotely at the moment of course you and i we we're, we're doing this podcast in in different places and it always takes us a while to get the thing connected so in terms of when you teach somebody about collaboration and these tools, what is the values of them that make them important? So is it simplicity? Is it, you know, something with a lot of features or is it the ability to do multimedia? Are they important? Uh, I think so. But I think you first need to look at your governance. You first need to look at uh, what are your... Um, the rules of engagement when you're dealing with collaboration. For example, for, for this company, this, this university, we've said we've got SharePoint uh, communication sites on the one hand, and we've got Teams on the other hand. We're not drilling down on 
team sites. We're not letting people create team sites. We only, if people want to collaborate, we will only create a team for them. So, so re regardless of what the governance is, you're saying that it's important that people understand the tools available to them and the, the what they can and can't use. No, I think you, but, but one, one way to do this is to actually say, okay, these are the terms that we discussed on how we want to collaborate. So this is what we're going to show and teach people. So oh, instead, shit. instead of <laughs> instead of telling people, such a bad throat. and no, <laughs> but go on, I, get, get my, the end of it, and I'll argue. Microsoft is brilliant and have been brilliant for the last twenty years for showing five different ways how you can do something. I mean, SharePoint is the perfect example. Everything in SharePoint can be done at least in five different ways. And if you want to teach people that, some people love it, that they could share a document in three different ways. They will love that because in scenario one, they will use uh, way one. In scenario two, they will use way number three. So that some people love that. Although a lot of people that I talk to, they just want to know, okay, tell me I need to click on this button first. I need to click on that button. And then I need to click on that button. And then my task is done. So some people just need to know those things instead of the five different ways. Okay, so I'm confused now. So you said that you start off by telling these people how to, how, no, within their governance, how we expect people to collaborate. Exactly. So you're, you're therefore saying that one of those five ways of doing something, you choose and tell everybody to use it. Exactly. And that's why I had a bad throat. Exactly. We have this argument all the time. People are yes. different. Yes, yes. So why should you teach them only one way to do it? Why should you be so prescribed about saying, this is how you will collaborate? Why would you want to give them all the options? How do you sit it's on a like, chair? It's like Netflix. No, 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 let me finish. <laughs> how do you sit on a chair? With my ass. All right. How many people on this podcast do you think sit on a chair with their feet tucked underneath them? How many 30%. people sit on a? How many people? <laughs> how many people sit on a tall stool? How many people don't sit down very often? They're often standing. All right. So you're now going to tell them that they all must sit on this chair with a straight back, without a cushion, with your feet together placed in front of you, because that is the governance way. No, I'm going to tell them, this is a chair. And you can sit on that chair with your ass, with your feet tucked below, under your, uh, on the, uh, between the wheels of the chair if you want to. But that is how you get a straight back and that is how you will not get any back pain issues while you are working on your prescribed desk that is right in front of you. And that's because everybody is the same. So that will be the same no, for everybody. But then what you will get is some people will say, I don't want a chair. I want a, like one of those big balls where I can just hop on. Okay, cool. And another one will say, I don't want to sit eight hours a day. I want to stand every once in a while. Okay, cool. We've got a solution for that. But if we're coming in and if we're going to say, look, I can give you a chair, I can give you a ball, I can give you a standing desk, I can give you a three-legged stool, I can give you a blue stool, I can give you uh, a higher desk, I can give you a black one. 
if I'm just gonna give people all these options, they will be. What if they never seen a chair before? What if if they have always been standing up and now I'm giving them 10 different chairs that they can choose from. They will not know what chair that they want to get. Yeah, but the thing you need to remember is that... So, <laughs> <laughs> guys, just, just need to see this. So when we say hashtag not funny enough, because you, you don't get to see this, Moraine's come to the end of this charade and, and he's kind of looking at me through the camera going, oh, i got no idea. I mean, this sounds okay. Is it crap? Yes, it is. Because <laughs> our, our operating contract says that we only employ people that know what a chair is today. No, but that's that's the whole premise of our whole story. We've got somebody new coming into our office, and we need to explain them how they can collaborate with Office 365. I agree, but we also assume that they know what Word and PowerPoint is and that they understand what email is, because those are the kinds of questions that they would have been asked before they walked through the door, and it's True. in the job description. So there is – I get the point, okay? I remember when I was 14, which was – just a few years ago, we had an exercise to do in English where we had to describe how to tell an alien how to use the telephone. And, you know, it, and that's where you came from. You know, this is a telephone. What's the telephone? What is it you're actually, you know, and, and all that junk. So I do get it. So let's just assume that these people are reasonably compass mentors and they know how to write a document and they know how to write an email. But what we're out looking to do is to add that layer to on the top of that, that says, look, yes, you can write a, a Word document. Yes, you can create a report. Yes, you can put a process together. Yes, you can put a spreadsheet together with all these calculations, okay? But if we wanted you to work on a loan, we would not have put good team player in the job description. So now what we need you to do is how you can take that Word document, how you can take that email, and how you can do it better because we have Office 365 which comes with a bunch of collaboration tools, some of which you'll know now, some of which you'll pick up as you as you go along. We just need to give you the basics. So here are the top three. And the first one that you would choose, Moraine, is 28 minutes into the podcast. There's the first piece of information coming out now. Uh, the first thing I would teach people is uh, share as a link. Share as a link. Because we again, the basis is they know how to use Outlook. I think that's a good one, actually, spot on. Uh, I think it's it yeah. is the one that you tend to sort of say to people straight away, and it's the one that people feel most pain about, isn't it? You exactly. Know, because I sent, if... I've sent this off to sixty five people, and I now need to change it. Bloody hell! I've got to resend it off to sixty five people again, and then somebody updates the wrong version, and and then the other side of that is you get sixty five copies back, all with different changes on. Exactly. So it's, both efficient and it's a it's probably that pure definition of collaboration there's an advantage to that as well because my second one would be um uh, is that you make sure your document is in one place that everybody can have access to so you facilitated that with your functionality and i've and and my idea would be to then say look so now everybody has one place to go for their version of the truth that they can edit and in real time, they can see other people's changes at the same time. So co-authoring on the same document. And that journey is great. Share the same link, work on your document. And at that point, you'll see other people coming in to be able to work with you on the same content if they have time and if it's relevant. 
Yeah. Exactly. All right. That's good then. Have we finished? So 28 minutes in to get the first point out and 30 minutes in and we finished. Good. Time for a whiskey. <laughs> All right. Or should, so, should I say time for a whiskey, mate? Time for a whiskey, mate, is a clue. Is a clue, mate, Cobba. Um, all right. What about uh, not doing email at all? So one of the things that I would actually tell people to do in terms of improving their collaboration um, is to use a messaging tool of one form or another, whether it's Yammer or MS Teams or whatever. So utilize the right communications to support your collaboration. So email, if it's something that is, doesn't need to be rushed, send the link and then just go and check in the document in a few days' time or you know, follow up with another email, say, guys, have you put your changes into the document? But if it's something you're working on at the time and you need some input into it, then use a more instantaneous communication method like MS Teams. Send a link to the document uh, on your message, whether it's Teams or whether it's Yammer, uh, and say, hey, guys, uh, listen, I'm working on paragraph six here and I've got, I need some information from HR. If anybody's free, then uh, da da da. And there might be some questions in the border if, uh, um, you know, if, if you get there and I've, I've left or I'm not doing it at the same time or something. So, yes, choose your communications method well. Exactly. Imagine you're walking up to the desk with a piece of paper and saying, hey, does this sound right? <laughs> the equivalent is message them on Yammer and say, hey, check this out. Yammer, that's where messages go to die. No, 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 that's not true. That's not true. I kind of like Yammer, actually. It's, it's got its definitely its place in, in an organization. I think it's, it's got some really cool features. So here's, here's the question I think about Yammer. I was thinking about it yesterday as well as I was reading some updated stuff on Yammer. Is Does it really still have a purpose? Now, that's, let me rephrase that. Let me go backwards. So when it comes to Yammer, I was reading about this yesterday and I was thinking whether Yammer really has a point that it delivers against other than the many-to-many -many messaging. Mm -hmm. Does it do good collaboration or is it just yes. messaging? No, it, it it does good collaboration. For example, one of the one of the things well it's it's in my top three of things that Yammer can do that no other tool can is it You got can, three? Uh, wow. It can allow me to ask a question. It can when I'm writing a post, I can actually say this is a question. And when That's people true. respond, I can actually say this is the right answer. And that could feed into my whole knowledge management stuff. Okay. And that is for me a really, really, really good uh, thing. And to be honest, I, I really hope that that is coming to Teams soon because that would be I super helpful. I have some helpful. news for you, boy. I read yesterday that it is on its way. I love when you know things that I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm quite intrigued about the whole Teams thing at the moment because, mm -hmm. you know, and the fact that we're jumping around to a different subject again. But um, the fact that they are sort of saying, hey, we're four years old today or sometime this week or whatever, and these are the 255 million things that we've added to Teams in the four years. And you look at it and you go, wow. You know, somebody said Teams is going to be the application over everybody else's dead body at Microsoft. and 
look at where it's got them. It's got to this really complex, complicated piece of software that nobody really knows what it's for, but it does it anyway. You know? <laughs> yes, yes. Exactly, exactly. It's awesome. It is pretty awesome. Oh. Anyway, yes, I'm interested to to know what your other two things that Yammer does that nothing else does. You said I've got three oh. things. Oh, that that was that was more of a figure of speech. But uh, no, no, no. To be honest, the the other one is the uh, Yammer web part that shows me the latest conversations in on a SharePoint page. Yes, and the t- and when they bring out the one for Teams. And if they're not doing it, dear Jeff, please give us a web part. That means I can put my messaging into a website. Okay. Then, then, then I will be such a happy bunny. When, whenever I do a SharePoint design document or a governance document, I come to that ugly question, okay, what am I going to do about discussions? All right, Am I going to stick with this very, very pleasant and archaic discussion piece of work or am i going to go through the pain of rolling out yammer so i can have good discussion web parts on the sharepoint Mm -hmm. exactly what i'd really like them to do is i'd like them to enable a yammer channel but only the team only in the sharepoint site so in some way using a bit of microsoft black magic they can say okay yes i will set up a yammer channel just for the sharepoint site so it's any member of the SharePoint site is immediately added to that uh, Yammer channel. And obviously, you don't run it through an app. You just run it through the site. Yeah, because now Yammer groups are Office 365 groups. So that should be possible. Except that Microsoft don't allow you very easily to stop somebody just going in to create a Yammer group. Because obviously, they want people to use it. Mm, um, yeah, true, true. No, but you're not wrong. I don't, I don't disagree mm-hmm. with you. But anyway, so there you go. All right. So collaboration then. So that's we we talked about uh, a couple of three things. Um, uh, I'd like to talk about pages as a collaboration tool. So about what pages? Pages, SharePoint pages with the comments oh, blocks at the bottom. Oh, those pages, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Well, what other pages do you know about? I've got no idea. That's why I was so surprised. Like pages, P- what penthouse pages. Uh, oh, centerfold pages. Centerfold pages. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm talking about pages. Wait, 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 wait. A little bit of news. Maybe you haven't heard that yet, but you know that you can add sections on a on a SharePoint page. There will also be a collapsible section that's coming up. Yes, and uh, I did know about that. Um, but I, it took me ages to find the button that would open it again. And I ended up having to find somebody's image where they'd put a red ring around it. because, And it is the sign of the standard sign, you know, the two arrows pointing in and the two arrows pointing out. But they're very thin arrowy lines. And it's tucked up in the top right and kind of going. And I can see people going, I've lost my header and I can't work out how to get it back again. And so I'm thinking, okay, so I want to know about how to do this. And, and I had to find somebody's mock-up. Then they they literally put a red ring around it. Look, this is the control that turns it on and off. So I think that will turn into a bigger button. But there you go. Yeah. So but yes, let's, let's call that let's call that the centerfold section. The centerfold that yes. gives me a bigger button. That gives you a bigger <laughs> button and more space. I mean, uh, to be honest, when you think about a laptop screen being landscape, you know, yeah. getting rid of the header is so crucial. True. 
True. That is I wasn't true. bypassing your humor, by the way. I was just politely ignoring it. <laughs> anyway, I was talking about pages. So um, I, I think that, that um, being able to collaborate in a focused way, which is why Teams works so well, but on a SharePoint page where you can put the relevant information on the page, open up the comments at the bottom, and you know, go and and uh, be able to give people real time kind of frequently asked questions, feedback, that kind of stuff at, at any time. So yes, that was on my list. Oh, list was on my list. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> and um, you know, and lists is going to become a real power machine as well, especially with these new views that they're rolling out. You know, calendar views that work in the list. <sighs> Although the calendar itself yeah. doesn't, but the view does, yep. um, and you know, there's a there's a number of new things coming out on there that will get expanded out. Oh, there's um, there's a bunch of new stuff that just got released. Like for example, the rules. You know, yes. you know my stance about uh, Power Automate. Yes, I know. I've I've tried it so many times. I really try to love Power Automate. But I'm coming from an index workflow perspective. I've been using that for a number of years. And if I then have to jump to Power Automate, it's just a shitty experience. It is a big experience, it is. Um, so I'm, I'm just so happy to see those uh, rules in, in on the SharePoint list. It, I can just say, if an item changes or if a column in uh, for an item changes, just send me an email. Brilliant. Next, next, finish. That's what I want in a tool like, or in a toolkit like Office 365. If I really want to do something crazy, I can always use Power Automate. Okay, but if I really want to do something dead easy, I will just use that. Yeah, and I think that's the philosophy around MS Teams, though, isn't it? You know, make it good user entry stuff. It's not a, it's not designed to to be a development platform for techies. It's designed to host solutions for end users, and that and that's the typical way forward. It's a yeah. bit like approvals. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean the approvals, the power of approvals, the power of the application approvals is driven by the immense power that power platform brings to it underneath and how quick is it going to be to be able to react and do stuff again microsoft's strategy around this is absolutely spot on dear jeff well done mate check <laughs> i did not so, see that one coming <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know we we often write to jeff to complain so we we will write to jeff and and say well done in that and then this whole power platform strategy and the way it fits into that is really pretty cool exactly um, you know, right, well, you know what's it, uh, also really, really cool when we're talking about lists? Uh, the new fact, the, the fact that you can now just uh, create better looking list forms just with a little bit of JSON. For example, uh, Laura, uh, Wonder Laura uh, on Twitter, she just released a little blog post around how to create an awesome looking form because one of the things that I was really waiting for because we can create power apps as as a list form but yeah, what i really wanted to do was i really wanted to create sections on a form for example if i'm doing a, a travel request i need to do a travel request what i want to do is i want to have a first section just talking about me like filling in my name my email address my telephone number things like that and then the next section would be 
the flight and then the next section would be the reason why i would do the flight and then the next section would be showing me what the status is for example so in in power apps there's not really a good way to show that in different sections and now with this form editing thing that we can do with json it's just that easy to do that it's still a little bit of code slash script but it is that easy to do it and it looks awesome but it's not for the end user no this is more of a power user thing but laura makes everything look that easy she so does, yes that i that i do understand yeah but, but i agree but but i think uh, having the baby power apps type tools for do your forms editing without having to have the full license is also quite useful yes and again it's not end user based I, I do understand that but forms editing is cool so maybe killing info path was not such a bad strategy either dear jeff Killing InfoPath was okay. Obviously, you had something in mind. Uh, I do remember the coffin being uh, walked around. Did you go to, um, oh, it was one of the Ignites. I don't think you did go to it, but it was the one where they killed InfoPath. And in the conference meal, you know, like on the first Monday night uh, or whatever night it is when they open up the exhibition with all the food, there was uh, about six people carrying a coffin around labeled info path on the side of it it was uh, quite funny well it was funny at the time all right we, we're at the end of this collaboration stuff because we're nearly time to drink some whiskey but there's a whole load of stuff on my list so i'm just going to run them off really i think um the ability to create a form to collect brainstorming information is is a, a nice easy way to say to people you know you don't need to send an email around to say hey where do you want to go for the christmas dinner or you know where are we going to take the the day off you know, use a, use a form. It's easy to do. It gets all the information to a spreadsheet. Uh, whiteboard. I mean, it's not the most complex. It's not like Myra and Mural and all those kinds of things. They've kind of got more stuff on there. But as a simple whiteboarding tool inside and outside of Teams, you know, I can see Moraine is really into that. But it is a tool that people need, especially now it's on the Android phone as well. Yeah, right, but if which, you, which if you use a tool like Miro... You and, and then you go back to whiteboard. It just doesn't make sense. I think Microsoft should really buy Miro as soon as possible and Why? just incorporate does everything that. you need. Have you tried using Miro? Yes. Have you tried Miro? Uh, no. Complicated. It's kind of you know this is just a simple pop it open whiteboard but the integration you get with it and stuff and when it's stored in sharepoint later in the year it'll be a part of your retention model as well which it isn't at the moment but it will but the other thing that i wanted to add that i would teach people is planner so uh, yes that's a big one know, yeah so the ability to manage your work in a collaborative manner shared with everybody else fully transparent, people being able to see what they do. So I would certainly teach them planner. So in, in terms of my three things, I would certainly cover the the link on email. So share as a link uh, and then the co-authoring that comes from that. I would definitely do um, forms and I would definitely do planner. They would be the th my three areas of collaboration. And the other really awesome excellence about them is they're all three different types of content and space. So you're not just, you know, this idea that people don't sit on chairs the same way. So, you know, they've got three different ways to do three different types of collaboration. And then obviously they can get used to them before they start finessing them around things like that. There were my three. 
That that is awesome. I was actually looking at it from a whole other perspective, not really from a tool kind of way, but really looking at what did we decide as an organization? How do we want to work together? What are the rules? Uh, then going as a, in a second line, going to see what role that person is going to have. So, for example, if they need to do lots of invoicing, then they will probably have a different collaboration experience than people that have to be project managers, for example. True, uh, so they would I was, need syntax. Yes, for example, yeah. So, But, the, but the, that's... I think you're right. I think there's a logic that says this person needs these tools. But I think everybody needs to collaborate in one form or another. No, I get that. And and you're dead right. I, I would teach people teams and planner and, and document uh, management capabilities. Yeah. Because the boss will teach them how to manage their invoices and the processes that they need. Uh, but, but also, I know that you, you come from a point where you like a little more structure around the way people operate within office 365 and stuff whereas i'm just uh let them at it off they go teach them the basics let them learn and i realize that you know that's a different kind of approach and they're both good and bad in their own ways so so i get it it's cool 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 yeah true, true all right true. just to remind people if uh if you'd like to still let us know remember at office 365 distilled somewhere on twitter and hashtag too long uh, hashtag subject overload Hashtag not funny enough. Hashtag it depends because, and then you can tell us what it is. And we promise, we promise to laugh at every, uh, to to read every single one of them and use them as a learning and teaching experience. Exactly, because in the end, it's all about you, dear listener. We just want to make this a more pleasant experience for you. All right, watch out for that car. Yes, I was just helping one of our listeners. They were too focused on trying to put the hashtag message into their phone. All righty. I think it's time to go Australian. I think it's time to go Australian. Yes. Let's go to the other side of the world, the literal other side of the world, for us anyway. The place where they did not have much COVID because they just went, everybody else can bugger off. They're not coming in this country. Exactly. We'll just stay at Bondi Beach, uh, working on our tan. Yes, <laughs> surfing. That's true. We have a whiskey from a completely different continent, one that I had never drank a whiskey from before. No, me neither. No, I didn't even know Australia had whiskey. I but didn't it... even know that there was a southern hemisphere country that made whiskey. Somehow I just kind of neglected half of the earth saying they don't make whiskey. Everything beneath the equator, they just don't make any whiskey. Well, the the advantage of going around the hotter, hotter areas is that the whiskey actually distills quicker. So you don't actually need to keep a, a whiskey for 12 years for it to become soft and subtle. Then in actual fact, you know, you can uh, distill it. So was that whiskey good for you, Moraine? Sorry. <clears throat> was <Sorry>. that... <laughs> he's, he's slowly dying. Oh. So while he's dying, let me tell you what we do on this podcast. We we spend about an hour and we promise we're going to not go longer than an hour today. And uh, we want to talk about technology and how practical we look at it and how we live it and 
We want to try and have a laugh and a giggle, two guys at a bar and all that crap. And then we want to bring you a whiskey that you've probably never tasted before. And I think tonight we are definitely going to do that. The whiskey is called Star Wars Nova. And yes, it does actually look like a Star Wars. It's got comets flying around it. The label's printed. And uh, with a, you know, Nova is obviously what it is, is in terms of a star. The thing about this whiskey is I don't think, I think the nearest whiskey to the color is the uh, Octoshan thing we had from Glasgow. The, um, the Ockentoshan, yes, yes. That was it, the Ockentoshan. Yes, exactly, and that the was Blood very, Oak. Yeah, the Blood Oak. Because this is, this is actually matured in red wine casks for all of its very short life. Because it's in Australia in a, in a higher... Yeah, so th- this whiskey is two years old. And the thing is, and, and I really liked that when I was reading that. So what you normally do when you get, for example, when you get a bourbon cask uh, into Scotland uh, and you want to reuse that, you take a big flamethrower and you burn it, you, you char it. And what they actually did with these, with these wine casks, so these were Shiraz wine casks, for example, um, they actually got those barrels and they were still wet on the inside. They were still like half, well, bits of wine. And yeah, just being empty. So they're, they're, they're just wet on the inside and they just pour that whiskey, new make on there and just leave that for a few years. And you get a very dark colored whiskey. Yeah, very cool. It's uh, very dark. This is uh, when I was looking at these whiskies. People either love this or hate it. From when I was sort of reading the different reviews, um, because um, when you stick it under your nose, you really do get a kind of hit of of red fruits and berries. Okay, um, strawberries, if you like. It's almost port like in in terms of its description. It's not obviously a sherry and a porty kind of whiskey, but. But it, it's very fresh and very lively. It's, considering it's a two-year whiskey, you'd kind of, normally a Scottish two-year whiskey, you'd breathe it in and not be able to smell anything else for a week and a half because it would just burn the inside of your nostrils. But but this is really good. And I was reading some, some of the other tastings and the word positive comes out quite a lot. So mm-hmm. the nose on this whiskey is very, very pleasant, very fragrant, um, but it is very fruity. Yes, exactly. I get I get some honey, uh, honey as well uh, in there, uh, but it's it's a very fresh uh, smell. It doesn't smell. It, it smells like a twelve year old, to be honest. It's smooth. It's definitely fruit, yeah. but but with a lot more fruit. Yeah. And then you taste it, and it's not fruity. No, it is one of those whiskies that the the smell and the taste. It's so opposite of each other that it's just a whole different experience. It is. It's it's actually quite luxurious on the mouth. It's kind of, uh, uh, it, it has a lot of sort of depth and creaminess in it. And the honey, yeah. I get the honey at that point. Touch of cinnamon maybe? Yes. That may come from the fruit. Yes. Um, but you also do get that kind of tannin from the fact <laughs> that it's only been in the barrel for two years. But it's part of the taste. It's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It, it actually creates this, you know, drinker's whiskey. You know, you, you you put the nose in and you think, yeah, this is a whiskey for women. You know, Sheila, it's a Sheila's whiskey. And uh, and then you taste it and realize that maybe it's not. That it, it actually has got the body of a good Scottish whiskey in here. 
um, that's maybe been in the barrel for you know three or four years. Um, but uh, so you get that contrast from the nose to the palate. Yeah, and, then and it's finish. it's got it's got definitely some bourbon like flavors in there. De- definitely mm. got some because I I hear, I hear you talking about Scottish whiskey. I think it's more it's it's more like a bourbon. Yeah, that's where the uh, the honey and the vanilla comes through. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't disagree with that yeah. as such. I can see where you're coming from. And then the aftertaste, that's where you get nutty. It's it's kind of you know the sweetness is not there on the finish. Um, there's a there's a hint of kind of burnt orange toffee a little yeah. bit, but uh, but it's definitely nuts um, in terms of as it kind of dies away. It's not it's not the greatest finish in the world. Okay, we're not talking about a finish where you keep going, oh wow, oh and now I can taste some there. Oh, this is awesome. It's not quite that. This is a drinking whiskey. There's no doubt about it, but. It is very pleasant. It's very creamy, nutty. It has great texture on the palate, and it has great nose to sort of set you up for what you're about to receive. Um, and I really like it. I'm very impressed with it. But I can understand why some people don't like it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All righty. So we thought we would not have enough to talk about about collaboration. And we ended up uh, pulling a few things in at the end, although I have to say we spent a lot of time at the beginning having a laugh about our hashtags, which in case you forgot them, or hashtag too long, hashtag subject overload, hashtag not funny enough, or hashtag it depends. Have we had any come in yet? Are you checking your Twitter account? I am not, but I, <laughs> it would be it would be suspicious <laughs> if they would be coming out. Yeah. That's true. No, I'm mom, get off went. Twitter. Come on. <laughs> and then we finished off with a, a whiskey from Australia, uh, which I will start looking out for more Australian whiskies if they're anything like this. Um, I think the heat does something to it as part of the maturation process. Um, and uh, that really odd combination of fruity and then that creamy palate uh, is a nice combination, one that I really have quite liked. This has been a cool podcast, a bit of everything for everybody. Yeah, definitely no subject overload on this one. <laughs> we only touched um, around 30 subjects or so. <laughs> yeah, we were we wow. limited ourselves this time. <laughs> you know something? I, this is just the way we are. We're approaching 60 episodes, another big number in my mind. Um, and, uh, hey, we're still getting people listening to us, and I am still enjoy doing it. So um, I'm not – I will change with care. Let's put it that way. Um, yes. Yes, exactly. All right, good, good. I refuse to go over an hour, and so yes. we're uh, we're getting close. So we yes. we are definitely going to try and keep it less than an hour in future. We're trying to work out whether to only do it for half an hour or not. So we'll see what your feedback's like. But uh, so anyway, so Steve Dolby here uh, again. You've heard. I, I think collaboration is important. I think teaching people how to collaborate is really good. And and even though I say that everybody should be able to do what they want to do, remember. They have to do whatever everything their team wants them to do, because one person can't collaborate on Yammer and another collaborate on Teams and another collaborate on SharePoint. If within the project that you're focused on, you need to do have that set of common rules, which is where Moraine was coming from. So there's definitely value in that. So that's my view on collaboration, and uh, this is where I say the same thing every time. This is where I hand over to Moraine, ask him to say a warm goodbye, but from Steve Dolby ciao hope you've enjoyed the last hour and look forward to the next time 
and yeah f- just for me exactly the same thing so we enjoyed really cool australian whiskey uh we really talked about so many things we've even left out so many things we didn't even talk about one note for example um but that might all very well be uh something for the next episode which would be episode 58 which would be one more than episode 57 that you're listening to right now and that was one more than episode 56 that you were listening to last time so with that thank you so much for listening to this and uh talk to you next time cheers if i give you a bottle will that help you hit the road that would be awesome if only we could put whiskey in the cloud and build an app to download it straight into the glass and you said i was the millennial all right out out thank you man see you next time Oh, Steve, you know what? You know what we forgot to talk about? Next time, Moraine, on the next Office 365 Distillery.